Grace and peace are yours in abundance in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word for us today comes from the Gospel lesson, read before, and especially I'd like to draw your attention to verses, uh, well, verse 39, first of all. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then also in verse 42, again for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. This is God's word. The events leading directly to the crucifixion of Jesus begin in a garden just outside the wall of Jerusalem. And that makes sense when you consider that all the trouble began in a garden. And the one I'm thinking of, Adam and Eve, sacrificed a beautiful life ordered by God for slavery to sin and death. On this Passover night, then, so many years later, the Last Supper is now behind Jesus and the disciples. They've sung the final hymn and departed for the Mount of Olives, site of the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's on the way that Jesus tells the disciples, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For as it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you into Galilee. There's a lot of wills in that statement. Did you hear them? And they're worth paying attention to. When Jesus says that something will happen, it will happen. When it's part of the plan of salvation, I will, from Jesus' lips, means I purpose this to happen, so it will. Jesus' will has not been corrupted by sin. Whatever he purposes to do, it will get done. On the other hand, when he speaks of the sins and failings of man, Jesus is not willing them or causing them to sin. He's just being honest in what will happen and how they will fail. As surely as objects dropped, obey the law of gravity, and fall to the earth, the disciples will be scattered. Even now, warned in advance, they run away. So it will happen. The shepherd will be stricken, but later will meet them in Galilee alive, because this is God's plan for salvation. The sheep will be scattered, stumble, and forsake him because that's what sinners do. The disciples don't like it very much. Why would they? No one likes to have their loyalty and courage called into question so definitively and predictably. It's Peter who leads the charge with bravado 
even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Unfortunately, a will spoken by Peter doesn't mean the same thing as when Jesus says it. When Peter says, I will, he means, I fully intend. He means, at best, whether he realizes it or not, I'll try. He may believe himself completely that he'll keep his promises, but Peter is a sinner, so willing and doing don't always connect. To Peter, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you this night that before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Another will said by Jesus, which means it's going to happen. Peter is going to deny Jesus Peter responds with a will of his own, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the other disciples join in on the sentiment, but sentiment is all there is as the next hours unfold. They're going to fold. They're going to fail. So they arrive at the garden. Jesus proceeds to pray. Note the words of his prayer. Oh, my Father, if this is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. While Jesus does not desire to suffer death and hell himself, he still submits to his Father's will the sacrifice for salvation will take place. Meanwhile, the disciples who have promised to die before leaving Jesus are sleeping. Jesus wakes them up, instructs them to watch and pray. They will not. They cannot will their way out of exhaustion. Jesus diagnoses the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He returns to prayer, praying that his Father's will will be done. The disciples keep sleeping. The scene is repeated until the soldiers arrive. And where the disciples chose sleep over Jesus' word and will for them, the soldiers galvanized them into wakefulness. And when Jesus is seized, it's Peter, good old Peter, jumps into action, seizes a sword, lops off a man's ear. He's going to make good on his promise after all. But this action is not God's will. Jesus stops him, heals the man, says, put your sword in its place, for all those who take the sword will perish. 
by the sword. Another truth, another will of God. Those who seek salvation and violence will perish. It's a test of wills in the garden that night. When the sinless Savior says, I will, it's going to happen, no question. He will be arrested. The disciples will stumble, deny, flee. He will see them later in Galilee. Those who live by the sword will perish by the sword. These will guaranteed happen. When a sinner says, I will, there's no guarantee. It's a weak, I'll try. And that's life. Life is a test of wills. On a daily basis, people are caught in a struggle to see who will get their way. Customers and salesmen barter. Children and parents argue. Teachers and students seek to rule and own the classroom. Board members and CEOs clash on long-term plans and direction. Soldiers battle insurgents to determine who will hold ground each day you are trying to accomplish your goals, often in conflict with the goals and intentions of others. In the course of a given day, you have things to do, things you intend to do, and for a whole host of reasons, you don't always accomplish what you have willed to do. And what it all comes down to is this. By nature, we want to pray, Lord, not thy will, but mine be done. For Christians, this battle is waged constantly. In Christ, you are a new creation. So on a daily basis, the old self goes, no, goes nine rounds with the new you. The older I get, the more I appreciate St. Paul's words in Romans 7. The good that I will to do, I do not. The evil I do not want to do, that I practice. What was true for Paul is true for each one of us. In other words, as Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But the will of the Lord is certain. And that is what this passion of Jesus is about. So remember and give thanks to God for what the Lord does here. While Peter and I are better at talk than actual deeds, my failure to fulfill my intentions is inconsistent at best. Jesus is faithful. The Lord remains resolute. Where I stumble, he has not. He has gone purposefully to the cross 
in order to redeem you from sin. He has willed his way through scourge and scorn for your salvation. Where I, with the disciples, grow sleepy and negligent in the face of dangerous sin, even ignoring the word of God, the Lord remains awake and prays for my salvation. Where you and I choose the easy path over the path of sacrifice, Jesus follows his Father's will. He seizes the cup of wrath that's poured for you and he drinks it to the bottom, suffering our judgment on the cross. Where you still slumber in the face of grave threats, Jesus continues to rouse you by his word to warn you of sin and grant you grace. This grace, this peace with God, and indeed eternal life, is yours because your Savior goes willingly to the garden, to trial, and to cross. His will remains holy and certain, and that is where true comfort is found because when Jesus says, I forgive you, he in no way means, I will try to forgive you. Or, I meant to forgive. Or, I hope to get around to it. His perfect will is sure. He gives his accomplishments to you. Period. Full stop. After the supper, Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn. In the standard liturgy of the Passover meal, it's almost guaranteed that they sang Psalm 118 before departing for the garden. Among the verses that Jesus sang as he approached his hour would have been verse 17 of Psalm 118. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Facing ultimate darkness, Jesus knew that he would be raised up by his Father for your salvation. It was his Father's will. So it was sure. A done deal. That is the Father's will for you. For the sake of Jesus, he wills to give you faith and salvation because you are forgiven of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.